We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at the John Shucker Show, halfway home on this Tuesday evening, 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. If you want to be a part of the show, Odyssey app say catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, follow me at JMCH316 on the Twitter machine. Um, don't forget, we've got Rankum coming up at 1040 this evening, so hit us up with a, a list there. And uh, if you didn't catch our interview with uh, um, uh, Chip Towers earlier in the show, uh, Bulldog reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we'll uh, replay that coming up at 940 as well. Getting ready for Braves baseball here. They're about 40 minutes away from first pitch as they are in Oakland to take on the god-awful, disgusting pig slop of a franchise, Oakland A's. Another pig slop of a franchise helping out the Braves as the Pittsburgh Pirates are up 4-2 to two right now on the Mets in the bottom of the seventh. So Mets have crawled back into it with a couple of runs, but still bottom of seven, and they're in Pittsburgh, by the way, and uh, they're doing their job for, for the Braves. So who knows? Maybe by the end of the night, Braves are tied for first place as they're only a game back. And Kyle Wright's on the mound tonight. I expect the Braves to rock and roll and, and get it done tonight. Two games set against the uh, Oakland A's, then three in Seattle, then three in – San Francisco before they come uh, back home. So um, a good, you know, good little road trip, getting this West Coast stuff out of the way before we get to the end of the season here. Well, this Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, I should say, um, a lot of good in the world of college football. We obviously talked a lot about about Georgia. The, the thing that, first off, the fact that Stetson Bennett threw it 31 times. And by the way, he didn't just dink and dunk himself into 31 attempts. He averaged 12 yards an attempt, folks. You throw it 31 times for 360, almost 370, you've done some work. So he wasn't dinking and dunking. And look, did they try to take away the middle of the field? Yeah. But you know Brock Bowers had more yards than any pass catcher for the Oregon Ducks, right? So, yeah, they, Bowers only had a couple of catches, but his yardage was still higher than anybody for the Oregon Ducks. And I thought I thought Georgia just, when they wanted to just get it going and get after Oregon, they could do it. They could just literally turn that dial, and when their offense wanted to get going against Oregon's defense and they needed to make a play, they just went out and made it. Stetson was phenomenal. You know, again, I know some people are kind of half serious, half joking about the idea of, well, you know, Stetson Bennett's, you know, one of the leaders in the clubhouse on, you know, for the Heisman Trophy. I get all that. Here's what's most important, though. You know, we want to see that offense get to that elite level. And if this is the Stetson Bennett that we're going to get this year, 
their offense is going to get to an elite level. And I was, you know, on Twitter, you know, I was going back and forth a little bit with Dan Wolken because he's like, oh, well, there were no teams in college football that looked like they were, you know, that lived up to their ranking. I was like, you must not have watched Georgia because Georgia lived up to its ranking. Well, it won't be that easy every week. Oh, it won't? Oh, how, how many stub your toes are on Georgia's schedule? Florida's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that game here in a couple minutes. But, okay, they're going to beat the ever-living daylights out of South Carolina. They're going to do that against Missouri, Vandy, Kentucky. You know, Tennessee will be interesting because at least Tennessee's got the firepower to try to match. But, again, didn't Georgia win every SEC game by, like, at least 30-something points last year? I just don't see where Georgia stubs their toe. And you can miss me with the, you know, well, you know, Georgia, they always lose. No, they didn't lose last year. They didn't lose, they didn't lose, they didn't lose last year in, in all those regular season games. The only game they lost is when they went to head-to-head to, went head to head with the Heisman Trophy winner and the best defensive player in America, and they got after Georgia, and they got it done. And by the way, Georgia got the revenge later on. Outside of that, nobody figured out Georgia last year. And, yeah, their defense might not give up, you know, 10 points a game this year. But, again, let's say that they implode and they give up seven or eight more points per game, right? They averaged 10 last year. Let's say we moved that up to seven or eight, seven or eight more and make that 17 or 18. All right, you all know that that was the third best in the country last year, right? A&M gave up 17 or 18 points a game. That's third best in the country. So, okay, they implode. And by the way, Christopher Smith, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter didn't make a whole lot of plays, but you saw what a man that he was on the football field. You saw a couple of those moves where it was just like, oh, okay, that guy's different. And and all those draft picks that they lost, oh, my gosh, they lost five first-rounders and 15 draft picks. Well, guess what? They got five more first-rounders on this year's defense. They got a whole handful of guys that can get drafted the first round off their offense. And who knows? Stetson Bennett may dumb his way into being a draft pick in the NFL. He may dumb his way into all that when all is said and done. So that was impressive. Georgia Tech, look, they fought. They were game. I give them credit, you know, for all of that. I didn't think they were coached very well at times in that game. I don't know what the deal was with that runoff and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, look, we have Marilyn Payne on who works for the ACC Network. We have her on. She's really good, great analyst for the ACC. She works at uh, on the ACC Network, and we have her on our college football show. And I said, this is not going to be fair, but this season for Tech will come down to how good Jeff Sims is going to be. If he could take that next step three years in the program and get it done, then they got a shot. And he didn't play terrible, 23 of 36, but only 164 yards. That's only 4.6 yards per attempt. First play of the game, right, he throws an interception. Did come back with a really nice touchdown pass, ran the football decently out there. They've got to get more playmakers on their offense. They need better. They need more guys in the running game, and they need guys like Malachi Carter to step up and have bigger, bigger games. What they did, you know, McCullum played pretty well, but Malachi Carter, I think, is a really good player. Their offense needs more playmakers, but they're going to go as far as Jeff Sims can take them. 
If he plays really, really well, when he played well against Clemson, they moved the ball and looked good. When he didn't play well, they were stuck in the mud. Yeah. Oh, you know what I kept – all I kept thinking about in that game, watching them offensively, was how much would – Jameer Gibbs have made a difference. Oh, yeah. Because defensively, right. they were in that yeah, they game. Were, they were, yeah. And Their like, defense just got worn out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because once the offense stopped moving the ball yeah. and the defense had to go right back on the field, and, and it, was had, it was over. You had multiple block punts in that game yeah. and all kinds of yeah. other crazy stuff that went along with it. But, yeah, I mean, listen, Jeff Collins has said that he wants his defense. I mean, what was Jeff Collins known for at Temple? A defense that was aggressive, got after the quarterback, created turnovers, Havoc plays that, and I've talked about this for three years with Coach Collins. We saw glimpses and flashes of that defense a couple of years mm -hmm. ago where they would get after some people, but they haven't consistently done that. That that unit has to take a big step forward as well. But look, the swing game is Central is South Florida. If they can beat the Bulls. They go uh, – no, sorry, Central Florida, right? Yeah, Central Florida, yeah. yes. If they can go to Orlando and beat Central Florida, then they might be 2-2 two and two in their first four games. Maybe 2-3 and three in their first five. But they lose to Central Florida, they're most likely going to be 1-4 and four to start the season. And I don't know if Jeff Collins can s start getting on track enough at 1-4 and four to salvage the season at that point. I, I really don't. I don't know at 1-4 and four if they can just flip the switch and turn some things around. Now, the other part of this, too, is I got in all this kind of discussion. DJU. You know, their offense was putrid for most of that game. Yeah. And they brought Cade Klubnik in, and he came in and marched him downfield, did everything asked of him, and scored a touchdown. And I'm telling you, it's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when Klubnik, who's the five-star all-world, that he's the next guy. And Dabo's done this before. You know when you remember how they pulled Kelly Bryant and they started okay yep again Eric Bischoff says context is king right you know that going into that they pulled him in the fifth game so Clemson was four and zero and had scored a hundred and sixty three points in their four games that's over forty a game right mm -hmm. and Kelly Bryant was sixty seven percent completion. And they and they were four zero, and they went into a game against four zero Syracuse. And what happened? Dabo decided to start Trevor Lawrence, and the rest is history. Yep. And you know why he started him? I'm telling you right now, it was because that allowed Kelly Bryant to not lose a year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. He could, if you played four games, you could still transfer out of the program and not lose a year of eligibility. That's why he did it in the fourth game. Not because of Trevor Lawrence wasn't ready before. Trevor Lawrence was the most he ready to play ready college day one. Again, they they were talking about him being like Peyton Manning. He's the most ready to play college quarterback ever recruited. He was. I watched him in high school. Yeah, I argued played at Cartersville. Yeah, I I argued with guys in the barber shop that they didn't think that he. They were like, "There's no way he's going to take Kelly Bryant's job." I'm like. I'm telling you, he's going to take that yeah. job. And Bryant didn't play so bad. Again, they scored 163 points in their first four games that year. They were averaging more than four. They were averaging almost 44 points a game. Yeah. Or 41, I should say, 41 points a game. They were averaging almost 41 points a game their first four games. 
And he was completing 67% of his passes. And Lawrence, you know what Lawrence, you know how many, ask me how many yards Trevor Lawrence threw for in his first start. How many? In that Syracuse game, he threw for 93 yards <laughs> in that game. And he had played, by the way, against Texas A&M, remember? Right. They were swapping quarterbacks mm-hmm. against A&M in some yep. of those games. So, again, it ain't a matter of if, it's only a matter of when Cade Klubnik is going to take over for DJU. Because their offense has sputtered for two seasons now. And if they're going to get back on track, they're going to have to get their offense cranked up and going. You ain't going to face, with all due respect to Tech, you ain't going to face those kinds of defenses. So I thought I, the other game, the other two games too, I thought Utah and Florida was outstanding. Yeah. Those two teams were going at it. Anthony Richardson played really well. He showed people that, hey, this kid might be an NFL quarterback when all is said and done. And by the way, this doesn't nelegate or, or negate, I should say, doesn't negate what Utah is. Utah is a really good football team. Good at quarterback. The conference, they have the Pac-12's best running back. They've got a really good secondary. They're a very good football team. I think Florida's going to be better than some people are going to give them credit for. I think they yeah. are. I think Florida's going to be a pretty yeah. good team. If they can get playmakers to go with Richardson on their offense, they're going to be a good football team. It, it isn't like Florida doesn't have any talent. Still the University of Florida. I don't care what Dan Mullen did or did not do. He didn't bring in all one stars on their roster. You still got talent down there. And I thought Ohio State, what Ohio State ended up doing against Notre Dame was eventually the talent of Ohio State was too much for Notre Dame. Notre Dame fought. They were game. But eventually Stroud and Henderson and those guys, they were too much for Ohio, for Notre Dame. Eventually the talent wore out. And, again, Ohio State, yeah, they've got things to work on. And, and um, you know, uh, the wide receiver, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, He's probably not going to play this week. They've got Arkansas State. Ryan Day said, I'm not playing him until he's 100%. You don't need him for Arkansas State. That's a tune-up game, right? Right. But, again, you know, without getting too high, too low about week one and things like that, I thought it was a lot of really good action. I thought a lot of really good matchups. You know, Notre Dame was game, but Ohio State just had too much talent for them eventually. Just too much. Yeah, and I chalked it up, too, to first game. You know, just really trying to figure things out. Yeah, they've got to yeah. figure out their offense. They yeah. got a brand new quarterback, brand new running back. Yeah. You know, they lost a multi time, thousand yard, double digit touchdown mm-hmm. running back in Kyron Williams that he's not there anymore. And say what you will about Jack Cohn. We are talking about this on Saturday. He was 25 touchdowns and 3,150 yards for Notre Dame last year with, with single digit interceptions to go along with it. And that game on Sunday, LSU and Florida State. Florida, you know, unlike Miami, where every time they beat Louisville or something like that, they tell you, oh, the U is back, the U is back. <laughs> Florida State's not back, but Florida State with Mike Norvell is headed in the right direction. Yeah. They can run the football well. They had good quarterback play, and their defense came up and made enough plays up front. They look like a team that could knock somebody off. In the right scenario, they could knock off somebody they're not supposed to be. Yeah, out there. yeah, they look like the team that you yeah. you you don't want to. And by play. the way, did you see uh, Boutte is yeah. transferring out uh, of uh-huh. their, their their potential All American wide receiver is going to leave yeah. LSU yeah. after getting a shouting match with Brian Kelly? Mm-hmm. That's how fickle it is in college football. Yep, we'll see what we'll see what LSU looks like. They got to get some things figured out on offense because they still don't. And, and I understand Emory didn't play in that game, but they can't run the football to save their life. And that's not LSU football. 
That's like Southern Cal. Southern Cal can't run it to save their life. Well, that ain't Southern Cal football. They've had four Heisman Trophy running backs in their history. Southern Cal is built off of running the football. All right, when we come back, it'll be time for That's Life. Um, Did you see this amusement ride over in India, I believe it was, that, like, fell to the earth? Unbelievable. Plus our top ten. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports right now, the game, Odyssey.com app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at the John Chuckery Show. 922 live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app so you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 92 the Game at JMCH316 on Twitter. We'll get to our top ten here in just a couple of minutes. Day Day, have you seen this video going around in India at this amusement park in, yeah. I think it's Mohali? Yeah. Mohali Phase 8 or something like that? Yeah. So basically imagine one of these big, like, swing structures that, you know, it you go straight up in the air and you're spinning around, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this thing is like, imagine, like, it, like the bottom of it's, 
flat. Okay, so you're not like dangling your feet or anything like that. You're, you're like sitting down, and this thing raises you up, and it keeps spinning. Well, it was on its way down, and something broke, and this thing just dropped like a dead weight straight to the ground with everybody on it. Yes. And there were at least 16 women and kids that were hospitalized mm -hmm. out of all of it. Um, just about everybody got hurt. I don't think anybody died, thankfully. Yeah, I didn't see reports of deaths. But, man, could you imagine taking that kind of... Luckily, it wasn't all the way at the very top. It had started to come down a little mm, bit yeah. and was maybe, what, about a fourth of the way down? Yeah. yeah. But that thing, when it went, it just like a dead weight just plummeted to the ground with everybody on it. And imagine you're in those seats with that harness over top of you, right? Yeah. Like where you pull the thing yeah. over top of you, and they're in that thing, and oh my God, that thing just goes straight to the ground. I don't know how anybody wasn't killed. Yeah, I was, I was so shocked. And for those, if, you, if you're if you not sure, if you haven't seen it, if you've been to R6 Flags, imagine the uh, arachnophobia ride that we have. Mm -hmm. It's that almost the identical to that. The only difference is instead of your feet dangling, there's a there's a bottom to the ride. Yes. So your feet aren't dangling, but imagine being on that and that thing just dropping without stopping. So it, it dropped over 50 feet, and at this festival, there were no ambulances at the fair or anything, so people were trying to help the injured by putting them in the back of vans to go to the hospital. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and again, with no ambulances. And again, this is India, remember? Mm -hmm. Okay? This is in India. So, again, it's just, like, that thing is scary. And I don't know how people didn't die from all of it. You can see it um, on Twitter at uh, this guy's Twitter handles at N-I-K-H-I-L-C-H underscore. It's like Nikhil uh, Chadari is where I saw this thing. Yeah. And it's just, it is crazy yeah, it is. what happened though, with all of this. All right, listen to this story, Day Day. Mm -hmm. In southeast Poland. Um, archaeologists have extracted a female body okay. that has a sickle. You know what a sickle is? Like a sharp-bladed sickle uh -huh. laying across her throat. Now, the reason for this is, is that this is what they used to do for people that they suspected to be vampires. Right. And that if they came back to life mm -hmm. and they tried to sit up, they'd cut their head off. So they would bury them within the coffin, the sickle laying right across their throat. Oh, wow. And this particular woman was of high school age because she had a silk cap on. Um, and obviously, look, you know, it's it's all folklore and stuff like that, but but this is how they this is how they protected from the from them being the dead coming back to get them. Right. And the 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 girl has got the sickle across her throat, and they also put a padlock on one of the toes, which signals symbolizes the closing of a stage and the impossibility of returning. Mm. They put it on the big toe of the skeleton's left foot. 
But it's crazy to look at this picture because here's this intact, you know, human skeleton. It's a, it's a female, but there's a metal sickle laying right across where her throat is, like right across her throat that's in there. That is crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, look, even back then, they knew that the zombies and the vampires and everything were going to come after us. Yeah. yeah. Do, you think we, do we bury anybody with sickles across their throat <laughs> nowadays? Because we should. I don't want this. Listen, I don't want the zombies. I'm telling you, we are going to have. I've got my bug out bag specifically for the zombies or the EMP or whatever blows up uh, in us for this very reason out here. And see, even back in the 17th century, they buried people with sickles on their throat to make sure that if they tried to come back as a zombie or vampire, they'd cut their head off when they when they sat back up. So there you go. All right, happy birthday today to Michael Winslow, right, from the Police Academy, okay, the comedian yeah, making all the noises yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Also, happy birthday to our own Jeff Foxworthy. And, of course, has made a fortune, a mass fortune, Besides all of his TV shows and game shows and all that, obviously, you might be a redneck if, right? Yeah. And he sold calendars and books and cards and whatever out of all of it. Now, I like the blue comedy collar tour guys. I'm not an, as enamored with all of them as, you know, one or two. Mm-hmm. But with that tonight, in honor of Michael Winslow and Jeff Fox with you. Yes. Your top ten favorite comedians of all time. Day Day, the floor is yours. All right. So loosely from bottom to top, which bottom will be bottom, but top will definitely be top. Uh, Bill Bellamy. I always thought uh, Bill Bellamy was Mm -hmm. a pretty funny guy. Uh, Eddie Griffin. Okay. Uh, Chris Tucker. Love Chris Tucker. Yeah. Another another Atlanta guy. Yep. Another Atlanta guy. Uh, Martin Lawrence. Um, okay. I think Martin Lawrence in his heyday, my yeah, he, you know, I think he was definitely one hand when, down when the, one of the best. When the Martin Show was at its peak, yeah, it was it was it great was, TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I think it's still coming on in reruns, if I'm not mistaken. Like I think one of the networks or streaming services now, you can he watch. Some, he had some god awful movies that he did. Yeah, the movies weren't all that yeah. great, but uh, outside of Bad Boys, but. Uh, Jamie Foxx. He was good in Boomerang, too. Yeah, Boomerang. He was but, good but in Boomerang. What's that yeah. one with Tim Robbins where the, he's like a cop or whatever? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's some yeah, awful yeah. movies he has, that, that yeah. he did, yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Cat Williams, George Lopez, young George young George Lopez, when he was a little, you know, kind of risque with his, his stand-up. Mm. <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy. Now, this next one, I know it. Listen, this is prior to us knowing anything. Bill Cosby. Yeah, I've got Bill on my list, too, because, listen, there's not a human being alive that was of any certain age in the Mm -hmm. 1980s that didn't watch the Cosby show. Right. Because that was comedy gold. And if you've ever listened to Bill Cosby's records and cassettes and all that kind of stuff of his Mm stand-up, it's hilarious. Now, also, it's disturbing because when he starts talking about Fairnet Bronca and all that kind of stuff about... And he starts talking about, um, oh, gosh, what's the uh, medicinal stuff that you basically, it's like the date rape drug. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah I know what you're talking about. But it's, yeah. uh, oh, gosh, what did, what was it that he called? Um, Spanish fly. Spanish fly. Spanish yes. fly. Yeah. When he starts talking about Spanish fly and all that, okay, then it gets a little bit creepy yeah. knowing what we know now. Right, exactly. But his stand-up, like Bill Cosby himself and mm-hmm. all that, Brilliant. Yeah. And everybody, everybody 
watch the Cosby yeah, Show. Yeah, exactly. Everybody. And, yep. And my number one, Richard Pryor. Yeah, I've got Richard Pryor on my list uh, as well because he's comedy genius. Now, so my list, I've got I've got Bill Cosby on my list as well. Okay. I've got Richard Pryor on my list. I've got Eddie Murphy as well. Mm-hmm. By the way, you weren't here last week when we talked about this because I sent this to Randy and they were talking about it on their show. Have you seen that they're going to, they're filming right now? Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 4. Oh or I, I don't God. know if it's technically 4, but yeah. It is. It, it's, it it's is Beverly four. Hills Cop 4. It's the yeah, fourth one. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be on Netflix. And I have said before, I have said before that I believe Eddie Murphy has one good one left yeah. in him. And not Beverly Hills Cop 4 yeah. or, or Coming to America 6 or whatever. Right, right. He's got one more really good one in him. You know what? Um, I'm... I'm I'm starting to think he doesn't have one in him, <laughs> or he's just taking this for a money grab, because there's no reason to do another Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, and they're showing him with the lion's jacket on and all this. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's I, sad. Yeah, that's it, it, one it, I wish they would have left alone. It it made me sad. So, um, Bill Murray is on my Bill list. Murray, okay, uh, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, Will Ferrell. Is on my list. Yeah, Will Ferrell is he? I've never seen him. Now, did he do stand up, or has he just strictly been like this Saturday, movie, Night, Saturday Live? Night Live? Okay, you know, all that kind of. Because then, yeah, from that vantage point, uh, yeah, he is hilarious. Like, yeah, because I, I have a lot of guys that. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but my, my honorable mention, by the way, is I got two. Mm-hmm. One is B. Arthur. Okay. My yeah. 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 Keep hilarious on Maud, Golden yep. Girls, and all that. And Nick DiPaolo. If you've never seen Nick DiPaolo stand up, I've seen him three or four times. Okay. Very funny. He's like me. He's very sarcastic. <laughs> you know, he would say something like, you know, he's like, I never understood, like, how the news reports on some of these things. Like, there was a story about a shooting at a gas station. And 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 they said, and, they, and he said, the news report, the lady said, well, unfortunately, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And he goes, wrong place, wrong time. He's like, where the F do you go when your gas tank's on E? <laughs> right. <laughs> Very funny stuff. So he's on my list as well. Okay. Um, Rodney Dangerfield yeah. is on my list. Yeah, yeah. Um, the great Ron White. So I did get one of the guys from Blue okay. Collar. I love Ron White. He used to live here in Swanee. Um, he used to do, he would do open mic night okay. over at that comedy club right there in Roswell by me. Right there at Highway mm-hmm. 9 in Holcomb Bridge. Out yeah. Out the highway in Holcomb mm-hmm. Bridge. Used to be that comedy club yeah. there. I think there's a movie theater now and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But he used to do, he would do some open mic nights there to test out new material. Okay. But he lived up in River Green up there in Swanee. I saw his okay. house. Um, nice. Where he lived up there. Um, Dennis Leary, and I will tell you right Dennis now. Dennis Leary, yeah. And yeah, I know a lot yeah, of people yeah. accuse him of stealing his stuff, but Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer mm-hmm. is 100% my favorite comedy album of all time. I wore that CD out <laughs> playing it. I, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard, and it made me... It, some of those parts when he starts doing the guy with the voice box yeah. ordering McDonald's <laughs> at the drive-thru, can I help you, Big Mac and Large Fry? And he starts doing... I mean, it's hilarious. It made me cry yeah. laughing. Um, Leslie Nielsen, who, by the way, yeah. was not a comedic actor... He was a serious actor right. until he got to Airplane. Okay. And then Airplane, so Airplane was his first. Uh, Airplane was okay. what launched him into comedy. And then and Police then the Squad. Naked, yeah, and the Naked, Naked Guns. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Police Squad was the TV show that Naked Gun is based off. Gotcha. So gotcha. he did that TV show, which lasted for like three months. Okay. It was a flop. 
but it's all the material that would be become the naked, naked gun, gun and everything okay. like that. But hilarious, just in I, I love that deadpan humor. Yeah. Like like when you're dead serious and you're doing comedy. I love that it's stuff. It's okay, man. I'm a doctor. Yep. And and <laughs> and finally the the king of insults, you know, Don Rickles. Okay. Um yeah. I love Don Rickles. Those watching Don Rickles at these celebrity roasts or yeah. in some of these things that he did. A master. Like, yeah. nobody can do that. Yeah. Nobody can just be naturally funny yeah. anymore. He was just naturally funny with what he would say. Yeah. So hit us up with your list as well. When we get back, Chip Towers joined us earlier in the show. We'll talk some Georgia Bulldog football with him. Chuck Reed here in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Tuesday evening after what was a complete annihilation by the Bulldogs against the Oregon Ducks. Sent them flapping home. Uh, unbelievable win. And now the Dogs get ready for their home opener against Samford. Not Samford and Son, just Samford. We head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Chip Towers. He, of course, covers all things Georgia Bulldogs for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of Chip's work, check out all of his latest articles up there, and, of course, follow him on Twitter, at AJC. And as always, Chip, uh, feels good to start the season off with a blowout win, does it not? Yeah, it does, especially when you're in my business. You know, when they when you win 49-3, to you're not sweating deadline too much, you know, on what that story's going to read like. Uh, you know, you, you, you said it, total annihilation domination, whatever word you want to use. And uh, uh, it was impressive. I, you know, I didn't expect it. I expected Georgia to win. Uh, but, you know, I was questioning whether they would cover. I mean, I thought I thought Vegas was, was getting it about right. But, uh, you know, obviously they didn't – Vegas didn't know, and I didn't know, you know, really how dominant that defense was going to be and, and how sharp Stetson Bennett was going to be right out of the starting box. Let me ask you – as far as as far as it goes, how much do you think Saturday was scheme and game plan and execution for Georgia versus Georgia just in all honesty overwhelmed Oregon with its talent? Yeah, well, I, I don't think we'll we'll know for several weeks. Now, first off, I, I, you know, I don't think the uh, talent differential was that great or should have been quite that great, right? I mean. Uh, you know, just based on recruiting rankings and what uh, Mario Cristobal had done with that Oregon program before some of the players that Dan Lanning just signed in the last class, you know, there were you know, there was a handful of guys on Oregon that Georgia recruited unsuccessfully, right? Um, but, you know, I do think it was, you know, expertly schemed on both 
sides of the ball, some of that might have had to do just with the fact that Dan Lanning was going to be on the other side of the ball. But Georgia was very different on offense. I mean, they were, you know, they looked a little like Gus Malzahn's offense a little bit, a lot of lateral movement, a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, um, you know, uh, getting the ball, you know, trying to get one-on-one matchups on the perimeter. And they did that uh, to a great degree. Uh, and defensively, uh, you know, I, I do think that was a talent thing from the standpoint of, you know, the guys that replaced the guys that went to the NFL are pretty good too and, um, and, and played that way and, and, and played well. So, you know, I, it, it somewhere lies in between. I, I don't think we'll know for a while, you know, Oregon plummeted in the polls. I thought they were overvalued out of the box, uh, you know, I, I, 11 kind of surprised me when they, they kind of crept up there. A lot of excitement over Dan Lanning and what he was doing out there. But it, it'll probably be October before we have a real strong read on, on where they are overall. But, you know, bottom line, Georgia looks like they're going to be pretty good again. How surprised were you that Stetson threw it 31 times and not just threw it for 30, not just threw it 31 times, but – Averaged 11.9 yards per attempt. And he's a high yards per attempt guy anyway. But, I mean, I, I'm surprised that he had 31 pass attempts in that game. But, hey, listen, if that's what Georgia's offense can do, stick it right to him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is schematically, they were a little bit different. And, you know, I don't know if that is any kind of statement at all on Georgia's running back room. I don't think it is. I think if it's any kind of statement, it is that, you know, obviously Kenny McIntosh is a guy that does well catching the ball out of the backfield, and he was Georgia's leading receiver, had 117 yards or 119, whatever it was, and, and uh, you know, that's just something that he does extremely well. But, you know, you know, just listen to Kirby's comments after the game. You know, Georgia is trying to change the narrative this year, whether it's with Stetson Bennett or – any other quarterback and, and, and say to wide receivers, wherever they happen to be that, you know, you can come to Georgia and get fed. I mean, if there's any negative out there uh, in the universe about Georgia, that would be it. Georgia hasn't recruited wide receivers to the level they have every other position. Now it's not that the guys that they're getting are bad. I think Georgia's, uh, scouting is is overall pretty good I mean even like a guy like Dylan Bell they just got out of a Texas is, is a three-star guy A.D. Mitchell was a three-star guy there's no question uh, they're exceptional players uh, but there hasn't been enough George Pickens and Jermaine Burton's uh, and hadn't been enough throwing around to make that a trend and I think Kirby's you know uh, trying to make a concerted effort to change that to whatever degree he can. Bulldog reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Chip Towers, joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline as we look back at Georgia thumping Oregon 49-3 to as they get ready for their home opener against Samford. You know, Chip, to your point, I, I do think that Stetson looked like a – he looked like a national championship quarterback, grasping of the offense – it's a scary proposition to think about. I mean, again, I know people are talking Heisman and all this kind of stuff, but it's a scary proposition to think about him taking that next step forward because they can get to that next level. And I think that 
what he did on Saturday in running that offense and his grasp and comfortability, I, I, you could just see, you know, the confidence there. And I know he plays with that swagger, but you could just see a guy who really now feels like he's in a good spot and can really take the next step with this team. Yeah, there, there's the confidence and there is the talent as well, John. And, you know, the thing about the whole Stetson Bennett phenomenon, I, I do think it's a phenomenon. But you got to remember, you got to go back to Mel Tucker and Georgia's defensive players preparing for the Rose Bowl in 2017. That's when we all first started hearing about Stetson Bennett. And they, they, they were saying un, unprompted, you know, Mel Tucker says, well, we're getting a great look from our walk-on quarterback, Stetson Bennett. He looks every bit like Baker Mayfield out there. He's given our defense fits in practice, and we're going to have to do better or we're going to be in for a long day, you know, in the Rose Bowl. And they were. Think about that game, you know. Um, Baker May, Georgia won, but it wasn't because Maker, Baker Mayfield didn't play good. Well, well, maybe Stetson Bennett is a little Baker Mayfield. Maybe he's a little Drew Brees, Doug Flutie, whatever, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, if you look at him, he, he wiggles out of trouble. He can run pretty good. He's got an arm, a little bit of moxie, not afraid to throw it, you know, throw the hard pass. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, and and you say it's it's probably a long shot that when it wins the Heisman. It probably is, but, you know, it's odd shot down in Vegas uh, this weekend, and with good reason. Because, if I mean, if you got a team that's going to be in the national championship hunt, then you should have a quarterback that's in the Heisman hunt. And, you know, who knows? He may get invited – to the downtown athletic club after he will, if he continues to play like he did Saturday, that was an 82% completion percentage with three throwaways and one drop. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty good day. Uh, defensively, boy, I, listen, I think Christopher Smith is going to be a real disruptive force back there. And he was SEC defensive player of the week this year and er, this week. And, I, I love the kid, and I loved what he was going to bring anyway to this team. So much attention that was focused on Keely Ringo going into the season, and rightly so. He's going to be a high NFL draft pick. But Christopher Smith feels like one of those guys from Mark Rick's early days that is really sort of the captain of that defense back there and just makes all kinds of havoc plays and makes things happen for that secondary. Well, he definitely is. I mean, I mean, he's one of those stories. I mean, he's an Atlanta boy through and through, went to Hapeville Charter. Uh, he's a fifth-year senior, came in as a three-star, really didn't start until last year and uh, and played great. And listen, I don't think people realize he played hurt last year. Uh, you know, he had a great game against Clemson to open the season. I, I can't remember exactly where he got hurt, but he played hurt all season long. He had a shoulder situation. He had a knee situation. He was – Gimpy when Georgia played against Alabama in the SEC championship game. He's healthy now, or semi-healthy after that hit he made uh, for a pass breakup. But he is a uh, special player, De definitely the leader on that defense. And listen, you know, Lewis seen moving on. I was concerned about Georgia's safety position now. Good old dirty Dan Jackson, you know, he's going to be in the right position, make the right call and play well, but he's just not the dynamic player that Lewis Seen was. Well, you know, Malachi Star starts looks like he might be. And so that combination back there, really all three of them, you know, you got a heady veteran player 
uh, players in, in Dan Jackson and, and Chris Smith. And then you got Malachi Starks, who's been creating a buzz really since he got on campus, uh, as we saw from that, from that interception. Um, I think Georgia ended up in pretty good shape. Same thing for Kamari Lasseter now over on the other side. He actually had fewer targets in the game than Keeley Ringo got. Now, I don't know if that's because, you know, he's fantastic uh, in coverage. Georgia changed a little bit, and they're flipping the, the field in the boundary corners this year as opposed to always playing right-left like they did last year. So, I, I don't know. We had not had a chance to ask Kirby what that's all about just yet, but um, you know, I, I think they ended up reloading pretty well in, in the secondary. You know, Chip, I, and I understand, I understand with everything being made out that, well, you know, Georgia lost five first rounders and they lost 15 total guys. And, you know, I've talked to some other Bulldog people that they keep bringing all that up. But I think, if anything, Saturday just showed you that with what they've done recruiting and, and the talent still there, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm surprised when I hear people talk about, well, you know, it's hard to lose all these NFL guys. Well, hell, look at the guys that they played on Saturday. They're all ready to be in the NFL. All of those guys you saw are ready to be in the NFL. I just think the idea of – I'm not sure even some people maybe locally have the full grasp of the idea of how good this program is, how good a shape that they are, and how much talent is not just – here today, but is here for the next few years with this program. Well, it, it is. It's a young team right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball, as you alluded to. And listen, you know, I mean, Kirby was there at Alabama for nine years, uh, and it was one of those things they said: is it him or is it Saban? You know, I think we're learning that. You know, Kirby Smart had a lot to do with Alabama's success, certainly their defensive success during that run but you know he was also one of Nick Saban's lead recruiters and so he's carried that over to Georgia if you look at the last five years or six years I can't remember what it is but Georgia's average recruiting class is 2.3 with a couple of number ones in there well uh, I mean if your average recruiting class over the last five years is 2.3 uh how many teams are behind you in recruiting it's inexact it's an inexact science but that means you're recruiting better than you know more than better than 98 percent is 130 teams in division one so you're recruiting better than than 99 percent of them um and and that's coming through on the field now not everybody hits but I, I do think georgia does an exceptional job in evaluation and they should i mean georgia has the number one recruiting budget in the country and they have the largest support staff in the country this is not a fluke. This wasn't just let's go out and get all these guys. You know, Kirby's organized it to a point that they all they all have tasks, and you know they know who the best guys at each position are, not just in Georgia but across the country, and they're going after them. And they don't always get them, but they're in the hunt, and they know what the good ones look like. So sometimes they settle for a three star and say, okay, we're going to have to coach them up and develop them. But they know how to do that, too. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. Lots of great information related to the Georgia Bulldogs, as always. Check him out on Twitter, at CTowersAJC. Chip Towers joined us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Chip, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff, uh, as always, man. And, uh, man, it's going to be another fun ride. I, I Look, I, I liked what Florida did on Saturday. 
but there are very few teams in this country that are going to play at the level that Georgia is this year. So it's going to be another heck of a ride for us. Looks that way. Thanks, Chip. Uh, we'll be back. John Chuck, we're on Sports Radio to the Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.